Welcome. Hey. Self-evident podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. You got Mike. You got Massey. What's up? You got the produce crew. (laughs) Makes me think they're like broccoli and yeah. Was it the veggies, the tomato, and the cucumber? (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I feel about as smart as veggie (laughs) tails. My kid loves veggie tails. More power to him. I'm not a fan of the new veggie tails. I'm just gonna put it out. There. I don't even the know. The Netflix. I don't think one, anyone knows. No, no the Netflix it. one. It's lost all of its soul. Yeah, Netflix has kind of lost its. Never had a soul. No, I no, anyway. I can't say it did. Anyways, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. We've got a great show today. Come on now. Come on now. Let me just say. Let's just say. Let's just say. Say it. it. I'm gonna say it. What am I gonna say? You better say something. Thanks so much for tuning. In. No, uh, I think sometimes we think we're alone especially no. as churches a church that actually stands tends to feel like i'm alone you're not and what i like doing is finding others who are doing what we're doing and standing up so you can have a little bit more mm-hmm. courage a little more faith of pushing out and knowing that you can stand on truth yeah and right? there are there are a lot of people who want to stand they just don't know how or they don't want they don't do it the way you do it and and you know it's kind of like that nicodemus and jesus thing you know came to him at night and right, how, right what must i do to be saved and i get all that you know so you know we just got to encourage them to take a stand too because you know the more people stand the better but just think about scripture, man. God never uses a majority to win his battles. He's always used mm-hmm. a small number, and that's okay. And that's why I'm not like for when people say, the church isn't doing anything. This isn't, dude, if you keep saying that, we're not going to do anything. Let's take the churches that are doing something and actually move the needle. Let's let's go get them. So that's why we're here, guys. Thank you guys for commenting and tuning in today. We love you guys. Thank you so much. If you guys are on Rumble, we're live. I think, are we on Instagram right now? Rumble is not working for us. We're having what technical the? difficulties yes. with it. Rumble. That's harsh. Anywho's, anyways, anyways, but we're, YouTube we're, is looking good. It's smooth. It's we're, up we're good. To power. Everything's I really great. Move over to Rumble. So at some point, we're gonna we're gonna really push into that. Yeah, we're confirmed. But, confirmed. Mike, do you still have a what's it called? Uh, stocks in Rumble? Mm, yes, I do. Oh, I do. Um, I support them. I do. Yeah. Anyways. All right. Uh, we'll go ahead and do our first sponsor and then we'll get into the news because I want to get our guests in here, man. Yeah, dude. We got a lot to talk about. This this gentleman is like the, this, the I just love pastors who pastor. That sounded so basic, but it's true. And they're actually shepherds. Yeah, like the, in the real they're sense. leading the flock that are saying, yep. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna teach the truth and righteousness and not hold it and suppress it, right? So guys, sponsor one. This is giving life color painting services. This guy did our house. Um, I would have shown you before and afters, but I don't want to face a liable lawsuit. Uh, so I didn't. <laughs> I'm kidding. I just forgot to put him in there. But the, the house looks great. It You've does. been there, right? Yes. And we're not I saying that because he's sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, uh, listen, get, I, I, I'm, he's done our pavers. He's yep. done really, he's painted he's, some stuff in your house. Yeah, kitchen, dining room, it. my son's bedroom, our entryway. He, he yeah, so so listen, you, you got to check him out. See the number down below? Give him a Do call. Do I need to like sit here and say he's got a great price from the Treasure Coast? You're in the Treasure Coast. Call the dude up. He's, he's a dear friend, but he does great work. He's very, very responsible, yes. very on time, does not cut corners. I mean, that's what I love about him. He does everything meticulously, and it's so cool. Uh, so we, we love his support, but we love to support him. So giving life color painting services. Get on it, y'all. Go do something. 772-521-0858. Let him know we sent you, all right? 
and leave a Google review if you have him Google. If you have him work for you, yeah. leave a review. And help, trust Google. Help grow his business. They're always for us. Our, our masters have let us know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get into it. Are we ready? Easy. We are ready. You got the Whenever countdown going? Yep. Three, two, one, go. go. Here we go. Trump audio, a misdirect. <gasps> what happened? That's right. Y'all should be surprised. They misdirected you on that audio. Remember that audio? He's talking about showing classified documents, and that's why he's getting charged. He's going to jail. That Iran memo Trump was recorded talking about was not part of the indictment. Be careful what you're listening to. The, the whole message of this news bit is that you've got to be careful to what you're being told. They're going to shape a narrative for you. And I, I remember a couple of years ago, what was it? Tapper on CNN was, it was either Tapper or Cuomo was telling people, well, it's illegal for you to look at these leaked documents. So you have to come to us so we can tell you what the documents said. Boy, doesn't that sound interesting that a journalist, it's legal to them to for looking at leaked documents, but not for the general public. Now, Similarly, in these leaks, uh, Biden let it slip that Putin is actually losing in Iraq. So Ukraine's been a distraction the whole time, guys. That's really what it is. <laughs> We're in Iraq now. <laughs> we are. And Putin's losing there, though, guys. So America. <laughs> Number two. We can all gaff it. You know what I mean? Supreme Court. Good they night. are massive racists. They made a decision by telling people not to judge on race. Yes, the massive racist said, don't judge on race. They got rid of affirmative action. So the court ruled. Sort of. Sort of. The Supreme Court is now denying schools their white privilege of getting to select which race gets the leg up to a college degree. How dare you, Supreme Court. They have cemented their racist Southern KKK white supremacist agenda of separating, separating the races again and pulling up the ladder by telling colleges they need to have blind admissions. Now, this was done by students for fair admissions who argued that Harvard violated Title VI of the Civil Rights Act, which prohibits racial discrimination by schools that receive federal funding. They also went after the University of North Carolina. Now, in similar news, Harvard will soon announce a modification to their segregated graduations, hosting at 9 a.m. their Asian graduation. After the 12-hour Asian-only graduation, they'll take 20 minutes to graduate the whites, blacks, and Latinos in the back parking lot. Everybody who's not Asian gets a snow cone. Number three, as though you didn't need another reason to homeschool, because we, we don't have enough reasons. Oh, is that the Asian one? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. no. Just... Honestly, that's exactly why I'm putting this here is go ahead and homeschool. Uh, Pearson, the major textbook publishers, decide that its editorial guidelines will include things like anti-racism, anti-racism, colorism, haven't heard that one, colonial discourse, genderism, and intersectionality as a part of everything it does. Its editorial content guideline booklet, for example, states that the company will seek to promote anti-bias, anti-racism, and social equity in any content they produce. Now, Pearson is a major textbook producer, so just think how many textbooks they're trying to shove this stuff in there. Now, however, nobody is too concerned as American students haven't been reading their textbooks for the past 50 years anyway. Dang. 
Dang. That was my shot. Guys, we should do a <laughs> podcast on how many dropouts occur a year and how public schools have decreased and how SAT scores have been dummy down four times now. That the history books and science books have been changed every, what, seven years, maybe mm-hmm. sooner, uh, and all that stuff, which is all the reasons why you should send your kids to a public school. They'll graduate. In Baltimore, they'll graduate. You'll get man. a 4.0 average, but you go up against a homeschooler, you'll feel stupid. <laughs> you, you you won't be able to read, but you'll get out of school. That's for sure. Let's just say, let's send our kids to Caesar so they can witness to Caesar kids. But we ourselves don't witness to people. This is what gets me about all Did, of that. Does it make dude, you mad? Dude. We got to be a light. in. The, are you serious? Are you a light where you're at? That's easy to put it on your kid. Right. You know what I mean? No, homeschool them. Get them out of public schools. Shut them down. Because, dude, what they're doing is destroying any semblance of Christ, the family, or anything like that. This is Marxism, right? And ask a pastor today, what is Marxism? Ask an average Christian. They don't know, no. right? Because they've been inundated to not know what Marxism is because it's a slow fade, right? And so, yes, get your kids out of public schools like yesterday. Do whatever you have to do. It's worth it. It's worth it because the schools aren't going to give an account for your kids. You will. Okay, they're not going to stand before God and all the school board members are not going to stand before God for your kids. You will be, you know, so get them out of public schools, please. Sorry. Rant over. No, absolutely. This I'm not sorry, but I I had that debate with somebody one time. <laughs> they said, uh, you, you've got to be part of the mission and, and be the light. So all your kids should go to public school. I said, I kind of get that. But at the same time our kids are also being influenced for eight to nine hours a day, Monday through Friday by adults. So it's not just other kids, it's adults. Mm. And what are you allowing to be poured into your kids hour after hour, after hour, day after day, after day. Now there are kids that will come out and they'll be okay. But at this point, shouldn't you get out of the sinking ship and Personally, I say starve it of funding to where we've got to rethink how we do education. I'm tired of this monolith that is just a dead giant walking <coughs> Screw, yeah, truth. That, that is full of wickedness and decay. And at some point, tear it down. Let's start again. Yeah. Well, I mean, what's what's the fruit it produces, right? Nothing. What is the real fruit? Anywho, let's continue. You've got that Pantera thing. Yes. All right, sponsor number two, and we'll get into our interview because I, you guys are definitely going to want to hear this one. Um, so sponsor number two, Panthera Publishing. If you're a pastor, ministry leader, Panthera Publishing is going to be your gateway to publishing your material. So the question is, look, do you have, do you have a book you've wanted to produce? Do you want to put your sermons together because you think this would make a really good book to help educate and disciple people? Have you thought, that this whole process was just too expensive, so you weren't going to get involved, this is your chance. This is your chance to extend the reach of your messages beyond Sundays, okay? Panthera Publishing, independent and and amazingly easy to work with, I should say. They specialize in publishing books by pastors and ministry leaders. So from start to finish, this includes your manuscript, cover, formatting, editing, and publishing, and it publishes on Amazon's global platform, and they can publish your book for less than $1,000, right? You maintain control of all of your book, and after it's published, you get paperback, hardback, Kindle formats. <clears throat> They're in Stewart, Florida, but they can service anywhere in the USA. So check out pantherapublishing.com or give them a call at 772-497-6001. And just 
as a reiteration, they did it for me so they can do it for you, right? So this is up. It's live. Become Forge. Go to Amazon.com. That's right. It's mine, guys. Um, this is something I'm very passionate about. And so this is something I want you to go out and get. And the best part is I've written it not just for men. I've written it for raising your son. And I've written it especially that single mothers could use this. I think too often women, mothers aren't instructed on what is, is at the DNA of your boy. What is driving him? Who is he and who is he supposed to be in God's eyes? Yep. And so this is, is a, a cool blueprint or framework that you can hand to a mother and she can understand a little bit more about who her son is. Okay, so go to Amazon, search Become Forged by Mike Sonnevelt, or Michael, I guess, is on there, and go ahead and get a copy and let me know what you think. All right, I think we're ready. Are we ready? Everybody ready? We're ready. We're ready. We're ready. Okay, our next guest is lead pastor of vision and teaching at a church in Boulder, Colorado named The Well. So why does their church matter, guys? Look, if you've listened to us at all, you've paid attention to Revive, then you're going to love these guys in their heart. They're not willing to silence themselves. They believe in spreading the territory of the kingdom. They believe they should get involved in the culture and government sphere, and they're not going to apologize, which has gotten them in trouble in Boulder, because Boulder is a place where you may see a pride flag or two. Our guest <laughs> is Matt Patrick, lead pastor of vision and teaching for The Well Church, a masculine man, a teammate, a fellow authoritative man, Chase Davis, and hopefully one of our best friends after this 20-minute interview. We'll see. Go ahead and bring him in. Matt, how you doing, bud? Good, man. Good to be here. Thank you so much for joining us. I know you're on Colorado time, so it's like 2.30 <clears> in the morning right now for you, but I appreciate you. <laughs> exactly. It's 1.30 in the morning. <laughs> see, he's up all night for you guys. Um, no, I... So the whole way I came across you guys, and I know we had talked about this in email, was that Daily Wire article. And if you don't mind, I want you to kind of tell your your experience of what happened because yeah. this is something that churches need to recognize. Hey, this could happen to you if you stand, but that's okay because it's to be expected. Um, so if you don't mind, go ahead and give the listeners and the viewers a summary of what was that article talking about and why were you guys even on national print? Yeah. A really basic place to start was we were just being a very, what I would call normal church. Uh, and, and that's kind of the place that we find ourselves in culturally and as a society now that if you hold to the basic core convictions that I believe the church has held to throughout church history and throughout American history, um, it lends, uh, you lend yourself to critique and criticism. That's always been fine, but it seems though it's really ramped up recently. It's really intensified. Um, I think, you know, 2016 kind of broke a lot of people, 2020 exacerbated it. And uh, this kind of rise of shutting down anything that would stop this kind of movement that um, whether it's the sexual revolution that we're experiencing nowadays, or um, just like this pseudo idea of inclusive thinking that um, Christian thinking is antithetical to that. And so in a place like Boulder, it's people joke all the time. They call it the Boulder bubble. They call it the people's Republic of Boulder, all of these things, you know, <laughs> Democratic uh, people's Republic of Boulder. Yeah. Yeah. It, it has all of those names. And so 
um, what happened is, you know, we were just preaching sermons on uh, basic things. Um, we've we've preached on politics. We've preached on sexuality. We generally preach uh, through straight straight through books of the Bible. Like right now, we're, pre we're preaching through the book of Judges. And when you find yourself doing that, what's going to end up happening more often than not is you're going to come into a very real conflict with the world in which we live. Right. And that's okay. That, that, that's fine. That's to be expected. Um, but what happened was um, a few people, um, not, not a huge crowd, um, decided to put a target on us and begin to attack us online and, uh, and, and come after us, dox us, do all those sorts of things. And, uh, and so numerous local publications and different uh, newspapers locally um, were taking excerpts of our sermons and clips and carefully crafted quotes from us and uh and we're just putting them out there and, and showing what terrible hateful no good kind of people we are and uh and and that led to even a vice president of the boulder valley school board um tweeting calling us a hate group and so on and so forth and then the daily wire got wind of that you know us kind of getting attacked in those fronts and uh and they published an article about it and uh it was pretty funny to see it in a national publication because i mean we're not a big church or anything like that we're we're not famous we're just pastors um we're just a church here in boulder just trying to be faithful so it's been a pretty wild ride but that's kind of the short version of it i think it's it's awesome and and i'll tell you why in the in the midst of i'm not going to speak this i don't believe this fully that that the churches are silent i don't i don't like that narrative i i do see a lot of churches when i travel actually involved in the war in the fight but what specifically um in your heart as a pastor bro what were you because you know the, the the world can sway you man is there an easier way to say this can we tailor it a little mm -hmm. bit different you know what i mean but you look at sermons from the 1700s bro they were not parson man they were they <laughs> no. talked about sodomy bestiality homosexual i mean they talked about all of it uh dude they did sermons on earthquakes and like things that were going on in the news so like to have that kind of fire in these days i would say is a little bit more rare i think what drives you guys in that regard? And the reason why I'm asking is because a lot of the listeners are like, well, how do I do this? Like, you know, is, is my ministry to be that bold? Yes. But like, what drives you? And I could, the easy answer is Jesus, but what, what's that conviction that y'all hold to be like, no, we're going to hold the line anyway, regardless. It, it, it's a good question. Uh, <laughs> one, I'd like to say, and I think this can be very encouraging to people. Uh, I don't think we were always that bold as a church. I, I think we were kind of squishy, if you will, for a long time. Uh, we kind of bought into that, you know, nuance everything to death, uh, try to um, don't offend people, don't um, step on toes. And we would like appropriate, like a lot of evangelical churches do, you know, you, you're, you're hard on men on Father's Day for be a good father, you know, things like that. But <laughs> that's really like, you know, like whatever, like every church does that. And, and I would just say that we were um, just so nuanced for a long time. Um, there, there was uh, several occurrences that would happen where people would just talk about, um, you, you always want to be welcoming and, and finding that line between what is bold and what is brash, right? Like, Ooh, there you go. Where, where, do you, where, where do you step over that line? But I started hearing people just being like, man, I think it's great that I can bring a non-Christian or anybody in Boulder in here, and they're just going to love it. And now, I want that to happen, but if there's not a certain level where people aren't convicted, they're not feeling a certain pressure about it, they don't go home at night and it's not 
kind of festering in their brains a little bit, then am I really saying anything? You know, is anything going there? So really what it broke down to for us is when you truly read scripture, when you exegete a passage or dive into it, really what you find out is that um, the Christian is called to biblical fidelity. And if it says it, then we need to say it and not be ashamed of it. Um, And and, and that, like, I mean, probably one of the biggest things we've been attacked for is we've been called misogynistic um, because we've been calling for men to lead and to be uh, leaders in their homes and their churches and that, um, you know, um, when the Bible says, wives submit to your husbands, um, what do you do with that? You, you, it, it says it, so therefore we must deal with it. That's and right. Let's not just apologize our way out of it as pastors. Let's dive into these things. If the Bible speaks to homosexuality, if it speaks to education, politics, all of these things, which it does on all of it. Bingo. Uh, we need to lead courageously into those areas and uh and it really comes down to, I would say, two things, biblical fidelity and and then ultimately fear of God. Do you fear man or do you fear God? Come on. And so, oh, good. you know, for, for us, it was just one of those things. We just kind of made up our minds. We're like, man, we're not going to play this game anymore. Um, even if our, it shrinks our church, I'd rather stand before God someday and, and say, you know, we did our very best and, and know that we did that and um, have him be satisfied with us instead of, you know, all of our people in our city, you, you hear tr- like church planting, starting churches is a big part thing that we're part of. And you hear often, you'll hear like the term, like in the city for the city. And I used to kind of ascribe to that. And now I'm kind of more like, nah, in the city for God. And hopefully the city ends up loving God. Right? Amen. Amen. Territory taking, right? Cause I think yeah. in Jeremiah three, Kingdom. yeah, Jeremiah three. And I think it's 33 or 23. <clears throat> it actually talks about he will pull them all from the north, south, east, and west and give them pastors after his own heart, right? So to me, when persecution happens, and we've experienced it, <clears throat> the church actually grows. You know, yeah, you'll lose people, but it actually grows. You know, Moses' time, you know, the more the children of Israel were persecuted, they grew yeah. in number. And it's like, I just think if men realized God, you're actually, God's actually doing you the favor if people leave. Because you don't need those people if you're going to fight a culture war. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying they're not needed as far as like they're not saved or they're not souls. I'm saying in these days, it, it's it's just easy to kowtow to a few people because you don't want a bad name. Right. Right. And I, what I'm noticing is the Lord is really bringing these types of ideas yep. forward across the nation because what you just talked about are truly conversations going on at our church. Right. And And just yesterday, I was having a conversation with a couple of guys of, there's, we're growing in this concept of we need the men who are actually going to do it. And if you're not a man that's willing to stand up or to move out, you know, to go forward, love you, but I can't kowtow to you anymore. I can't dumb down the, the messaging and the discipling. I can't wait for you, you know, and, and we were talking about men actually aspire to be part of an exclusive club, right? Truth. Like why do we as men look up to the the Navy SEALs or the, the special forces? Yeah, totally. Because they're exclusive, because they, they have a high standard. Um, and I think more and more what we're learning in the church from the Lord is the seeker-friendly stuff, it, it's not doing what we think it's doing. Um, it's, yep. it's actually slowing us down and making it us is. more passive. Now it's not like, get out all of you. I can't stick, but it's, <laughs> it's very much, look, this is in line we're taking. We're going to go this route. If you don't want to go with us, we love you, but 
don't stand in our way, right? And and those people tend to leave. And I think we've got to stop putting it on ourselves of, oh, it's my fault they left. I could have done something different. I always think about Christ with the rich man, the rich young ruler. I, I When I was a young adults pastor, I would tell them this. Notice he didn't chase after the guy. He tells them the truth. He tells them the standard. The guy, oh, no, I can't do that. And the guy walks away sad. And Christ uses it to point out a lesson. Now, it's not that Christ didn't love the guy, but he knew, look, if your heart's not in this, you're not going to complete the task. Um, or along with that, and I'll get off my pulpit in a second, because <laughs> you're the you're the guest, but let me talk for the whole time. Um, he, after he feeds, you know, with the, the fish and the loaves, I think this was after the, the 3,000. I could be wrong. He Then he they follow him because they're like, hey, you fed us. And he looks at me and goes, unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you can have no part of me. If he was seeker friendly, he would have said, come on in, guys, let's get closer. Let's all talk about the symbolism of the, the bread and the wine, and let's, let's have this discussion. No, it was very much a, a standard that he was setting of like, hey, are you going to stick with me? And a lot of people said, nah, I, I, that's too much. I can't go that route. And they left. And then he doubles down, looks at his disciples and said, you going to go with him? Are, are you leaving? Or are you sticking with me? Right. And so I think we need to actually stand on truth and, and not feel guilt when somebody doesn't allow yeah. truth to be. So my long, I, what's yeah. your response? man? <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, I, I agree with that fully. You know, it's it's one of those things where I think we are obsessed with being liked. Yeah. And, you know, I, I understand that there, there's grace to be had for that. But at a certain point, you know, you, you see things when um, the effects that it has on our children, um, whether that's in the school system or in the churches, and, and we really do need to raise up a generation mm. of of men that know how to lead well in these areas. And, and, and the way I've always thought about it is I think men naturally don't, I mean, I don't know a single man who's like, man, I really want to be a coward. Right. <laughs> I, I, I don't believe that exists. My goal in life is cowardice. Yeah. Right. Like I don't think that exists, but I think because men are, they desire to do hard things, mm -hmm. uh, but they've lived in a world where that's been softened and they're told to, to, to not really risk it all, but being liked and being, um, a white knight, if you will, is, is the highest level of masculinity. What's happening is a lot of men are, are doing hard things, but they're doing the lesser hard thing, right? They, they, they seek for a hobby. I live in Boulder where everybody here is fit. It's annoying. Um, and so like all these men, you know, they're, they're maybe neglecting their families, but they're training for a, an Ironman, yeah. right? They're still doing a hard thing. And so when I think of our world in which we live, it's very hard to stand up to your school board. It's very hard to um, make education decisions for your children. It's very hard to lead your wife in a way where it says, hey, there's a lot of things being published that are targeting you that are going to lead you into something that is not good for our family, our home, and our society as a whole. Right. And and I mean, that means you got to be plugged in. You've got to know what's going on. You got to connect with these things. And a lot of men just choose to not step into that and accept that responsibility. Are you guys finding, are you finding the men in your area? Cause it's obviously a very 
liberal progressive area, like you were saying, are you finding that those conservative men are starting to congregate and unify as a remnant and start standing up? Absolutely. Um, every guy needs a gang, if you will. Right. And it's one of those things where you're seeing a lot of guys. I think people are far more normal and logical than we, than what the media and uh, all of the Twitter sphere and all that kind of stuff and Reddit channels would have us believe. Uh, and, and, and they're looking around and they're kind of going, this is insane, right? And, and I think when we're bold and we speak up, they get the opportunity to go, I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. There's a group that I can join and that encourages them and spurs them on to something deeper where at least they can come and explore that and go, wow, there, there are other people, there are other men, there are other women that are stepping into this space that um, are, are, are being courageous. And I want to be like that. Um, and, and so I think it's very important that we, a lot of people say, why do you do it publicly? Why don't you just, you know, put your head down, take care of your church. And I'm like, you understand that's not an option anymore. People are scouring through. I mean, these people went through, I don't even know how many hundreds of hours of sermons of mine and our other lead pastor chase just to find quotes. And so there is no such thing as just being left alone and keeping your head down anymore. And you just have to engage it and go, this is what it is and and just roll with it right so question uh you know everything you said is true like and i don't think we have a mandate to 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 keep quiet i mean imagine jesus walking through the, you know the woman at the well it's like he right. could have just kept quiet he didn't have to point that out to her no you know he didn't have to say nothing he didn't have to say nothing double negative it's all good <laughs> but <laughs> had to say something pastor to pastors to pastor um i started thinking about how this affects everyone around us, you know, like if self-evident our ministry, you know, I'm the associate pastor at our church. So whatever happens to me kind of bleeds to the church. So like if I get written up or whatever, like what's it been like to navigate it with your family, uh, right. like your in-laws or, or your own personal family or your friends having all this stuff happen. What encouragement can you give to people? Cause that's the first thing I think of. It's like, how's this going to affect my family, my friends, all these other things. It's easy when it's just you. I can handle that. You know what I mean? But all of a sudden it starts to affect, you know, how people view your, your, your family, your children, right. how your even your, your immediate family starts to be like, buddy, you're going, I've had that happen so many times. You're going too far. How do you deal with that? Have you had to deal with that? Have they been supportive? Uh, just to give people like an encouragement stand. It's, it's good. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, definitely. have had to deal with that. Uh, I, I do not come from a Christian home, nor does my wife. And so, you know, just I, I think people kind of look at you like, wow, you guys are crazy. I, I, I can't believe you believe this. Now, with family, I think we have a certain level of responsibility, extended response, extended family, even to have these conversations and to dive into it and, and to do it appropriately. I mean, we still sure. want to see them at Christmas and all these sorts of things, you know, and so it's uh one of those things where it's you're reminding them constantly of who you are. They know you. They, they know you're not crazy. And, and it's pointing out the truth and, and, and kind of calling them to the mat, if you will, on, on their hypocrisy at times. You know, it's like, hey, you're, you're the one telling me that you're loving and accepting and you're saying that I'm not. But, you, but for some reason, there's no space for me in, in, in this conversation. And, and when the more you get to know people, if you really are a missionary in your context, which you live, which would be in your family, your community, uh, people will know you and, and they may disagree with you, but they can still love you and you can still love them. Yeah. A, a good example of that is 
um, over Easter is kind of when all this fired up for us. We, like we did an Easter egg hunt and, uh, and a group decided they wanted to put out there, they were going to protest our Easter egg hunt. And, uh, and all two of them showed up, <laughs> you know, handing out literature against us and all that kind of good stuff. Of and, course. and, but of course it got publicized as like, Hey, we're bringing these guys down. And a friend of mine who works at a local restaurant, she is a lesbian. Um, and she decided that, you know, she was so tired of uh, people attacking us that she posted online to everybody in the LGBTQ community that she was going to the well for Easter this year and that she should come, that they should come with her because, and she even said, I won't say exactly what she said because there was a lot of swear words in it, but it was basically <laughs> like, I disagree with all of these things, but I know Matt, I know his church, I know his people, they've loved us, they've cared for us in so many ways um, that that I'm going to church this year, even though I don't go to church. That's awesome. That's and so awesome. I think there's wins to be had out there uh, in, in that way. Now, um, she's not come to God has not saved her or anything like that. But, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, hey, take the wins where they are. It's pretty easy right. to focus on all the negatives, you know, where it's just like, you know, when it comes to family and navigating these things, I think that they will ultimately eventually respect who you are because of your truthfulness, your honesty and your boldness. They may not like it, but they can respect it. And and that's yeah. what we're after. Well, they'll know you by your love, right? The, the right. love you have for one another. It's like, it's, it wasn't, they're not going to know you by your preaching. I mean, yeah, that's a huge part of it. And love is truth. But it's like, dude, if you can love them to the kingdom, like they, they need to know. It's because they've been so like, especially the, the LGBT, all <laughs> of that community. Um, they've been singled out as this minority class. Like you don't see that with like the murderous people or the liars or the thieves or idolaters or drunkards, right? They're, we don't make them separate classes. We just know that as wrong drug addicts. But when it comes to this specific class, it's almost like they've been trained their whole kind of adult life to be like this oppressed class. So it's almost a different strategy in a sense, because we used to witness to them too, like all the time. And they're ready for you to fight them about mm -hmm. their sexuality, right? When you just, dude, Christ died for you too. Like, it's not just because you're gay, you know, that, 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 you know, it's, it's not just because of that, yeah. that, that you're separated from God. Right. So it's like, it's awesome. I think your witness has to be that. I think when they, now you have someone who's not a believer defending your church that's that's what the Bible talks about in Timothy. When it talks about elders, you're supposed to have a good report to those that are without the church. That's mm -hmm. awesome, dude. I think that's amazing. People will call that like, why don't you just preach to her? I'm sure you have had conversations with her. Oh, yeah. Her doesn't hit her yet. You know what I mean? So pray for her. Don't get mad because she's not converted yet. Pray, right. you know. And, and seeds get dropped and you never know. Totally. You never know what seed will actually germinate, right? Yeah. And it, I think one of the big things that happens in all of this is – it gets misconstrued where we're trying to point the truth, right? And so what gets misconstrued is, oh, you hate them for what they're doing. Well, no, I'm more defensive of the fact that you're trying to tell me I can't say what they're doing is not leading them down a good path. And at least for me, that's the big fight is like, you will not tell me to be silent if I need to say something that is truth, you know? Yeah. I, just to add on that, I just say too, I think, the political uh, temperature of our world right now has added to the intensity of those conversations more so. And I think people need to be prepared on that. They need to be good political theologians, 
They, they need to read. They need to study. They need to understand what they're saying. They need to understand how the Bible speaks about the magistrate and all of these sorts of things and understand that um, because that's where most of the conversations are, that I'm having are going these days. Right. And we get Romans 13 thrown at us all the time. And yeah. I think for me, and we've we've answered it in different ways. And I think right now it tends to be my response is Romans 13 never told you you couldn't talk. Like yeah. it, it, yes, authorities are put over us by God, but that doesn't mean we can't talk and point out the wickedness that's going on. Quite or the opposite. Participate. Go on to 13.8. Right? Oh, no man, right? anything but to love one another. For he that loves another, fulfill the law. For this, thou shall not commit adultery. Steve. Right. Well, <laughs> if that's what government does, we got a duty to call it out. Call right? it out. Matt, we would love to. Uh, we're not done yet. I'm just going to throw this out there. We're calling July Independence Month. Like, so we're going to okay. be hitting stuff. We're going to probably do something on the Doctrine of Lesser Magistrates, which I love those guys, Matt Truell and them cats. Um, we'd love to have you on for that episode just to kind of talk about what it means to be the lesser magistrate, which in this country, we're actually all of us who are the citizens are the higher magistrate. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we flip this role. But I mean, would you come on and help us with that one? Because I think that would be really cool to have you on and just say, hey, this is what pastors can. You know what I'm saying? It's probably going to be a two part thing, but it'd be yeah. cool to have you on for that one. It'd be fun. Yeah, because cool. it really is this doctrine. And if you haven't heard about it, you guys should go uh, defytyrants.com. You guys can go look at it. But it's this whole thing about interposition and how we have a duty as the lesser magistrate. And back in that time when they talked about it, it was in Luther's time after he passed away. You know, uh, King yeah. was it King Charles V, was it? That was like, I'm going to go get back those Protestants, make them Catholic again. And all of mm a -hmm. sudden, it was nine pastors were like, no, we're not doing that. We're not going back to that doctrine. What are you doing? You know? Right. And so really you saw the, 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 the church stand up against the, the, the higher magistrate and say, no, they had a duty before the Lord to say, we're not going back to that. So teaser, it's going to be a good one. I think that's a lead into a good question. Have you guys as a church found yourselves getting more and more involved in the government process in your local area? Or is that kind of not a lane that you guys have really hit yet? I mean, as a church, I, so let me put it this way. You know, when we think of our role. I think that's really important to, to clarify that. So, you know, I, sadly enough, I, I think that most Christians kind of just assume an Erastian form of uh, involvement, which is the, the government is kind of Lord overall, right? And, and, and what, what our role is to show kind of, we believe, and I'd say a classically reformed view of it would be like sphere of sovereignty, where you have like, you have, you have the church, you have the family and you have government magistrates, right? And understanding how each one is to play in there. Um, on, on a Sunday, my, my job is to teach the Bible, right? And and if it gets political, it will get political. If it brings up abortion, we're going to go there. You know, we, we should. And I think naturally by doing that, what ends up happening is it, it awakens people to become more involved and to become more educated into it. So a good example uh, of that would be, you know, we have a man who is in our church. Um, his wife um, became a Christian after they were married. Um, he was in our church for years, not a Christian. He became a Christian. Uh, thank God for that. And, and and over time, you know, he he, he really just studied. He's a very smart guy, works for Google, all these sorts of things. And, and when all these articles started coming out about us, he actually wrote back an op-ed explaining the Constitution and the First Amendment and the and like what what it means when people bring up things like separation of church and state. And so just seeing a member who's just a husband, a guy who goes to work 
and, and our church actually step up and write that it is a step in that direction that we're hoping to see. Yeah. And we think people should be involved. The idea that Christians should not be involved in the public square is absolutely ludicrous and it's insane. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm just going to say all, all like the whole thing is like, well, you're bringing your morals into lawmaking. I'm like, well, sure. All laws are moral. You're going to bring some sort of moral predisposition into the conversation. And, uh, the question is, wh- wh- which morals are we going to use? Right. <laughs> it's so crazy, dude. It's like people these days love to cherry pick, right? Like, don't kill, don't steal, don't hurt me, but I can hurt you. Right? It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's insane, right? <laughs> My- it's funny how lust doesn't want to be the ones with laws, right? But everything else. Like, don't hurt my lusts. Right. Right. Don't 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 my do vices. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, Let's legalize my vices. drugs and, and those kinds of things. And you know, but murder, yeah, okay, as long as we don't do that. I and and people will say, like you said, legislation, you keep your morality out of legislation. Is it immoral to kill somebody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, so maybe we are using yeah, morality anyway. to determine the framework of our legislation. At that point, whose morality, right? And and sure. I think Christians can be encouraged of you are allowed to put in your two cents of what the moral framework should be for your legislation in your land. Sure. Right? Because consent of the governed in America. So the governed are allowed to determine, okay, what moral framework are we using? Mm. How are we going to inform ourselves in our law structure and all of that? And I think the progressive radical left side has done a very good job in messaging of saying, no, we have to keep this secular. But what they're really hiding behind them is secular means what I want. Secular means you don't get involved. You keep your God out of it. But at the end of the day, we're all informed by our own belief system anyways, Truth. right? And so it it's actually an even battleground of, hey, we're going to put forward our position, you put forward yours, and then let the the governed determine the pathway forward so since you're a misogynist yep um patriarchy uh, white nationalist bigoted homophobe how how... (laughs) (laughs) so so since you're misogynist and all those other things what else um with with all that preaching and teaching which is so important and essential and it's and again i'm not prophesying that it's a lost art i believe it's it's here and and we'll continue i to me it's the media promoting this kind of stuff that we're losing i don't believe it i don't believe we're losing because they're pushing so hard Mm -hmm. to tell us we're losing. You know what I mean? So I don't believe it. However, I do feel um, if you could just give not just pastors, but Christians like Mm -hmm. an encouragement, a word of look, you know, from your heart, what would you tell them? Because I preach to them every week. So do you. Yeah. It's like what from your heart, because you don't seem like a kind of guy that's out there trying to stand there with like a Westboro Baptist or anything. No, even in the article, we were called the Westboro Baptist of Boulder. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Wow. Oh, and the and the Taliban of Christianity. That was my <laughs> actually okay, we've so gotten so that one a couple of times. So since Christian you're Taliban. since you're a misogynist, terroristic Westboro Baptist person, um, can you give these guys encouragement? I think again, boldness is not like a it's not a it's not a fruit of the spirit. You know what I mean? It's not. It just yeah. it is because you walk in the fruit of the spirit. You know, boldness comes from that. And I would even say, I don't think you look at yourself as a bold guy. I think you you just come off as very cool, awesome, humble, love to sit with you and have dinner. 
and, and just talk about these things and be like, how can we work together? What can we do to help you guys? That kind of thing. But there's a lot of people who still are figuring this out. What's their calling? What's their thing? If you could just give them an encouragement, bro, from, from your pastor heart, from preacher heart, whatever, just what it takes to stand and why they should, you know, biblically, scripturally, whatever, from your heart. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll speak and I'll, I'll throw my context in there because uh, pastoring and leading people and just being a Christian in a context like Boulder, or I have a lot of friends in California or in mm. Portland, Seattle, places like that. That's, that's where probably most of my friends that I interact with are on the West Coast. But um, actually, you said speak from my heart. I'll speak from my heart and Twitter. Uh, there was a there was a there's a guy I believe his his I want to give him credit where it's due. It's like Sir Jenky, <laughs> uh, like something like that. But he, he's he's a great Twitter follow. But uh, he he did this whole entire thread on understanding what it means to be an FOB, a uh, forward observation base, like out in enemy territory. What does it take to stay there and to fight and to be bold? And and I thought he did great. He said, well, you need walls. You you need security. And so I would encourage people to seek the four things that he lists out in there. It's something I've thought about. And and um, I think he just kind of nailed it. And he, he said, one family, you know, uh, like caring for your home, knowing, making sure that your home is discipled, catechized, all those sorts of things. Well, that you're that you're um, doing things with your children to educate them in this world that we live in and that your wife is on board and all these things. Um, the second one is a great church. I can't I, I really like push that enough. Being part of a good church is important that, that stands and is bold. Um, the third one is, I've already said it before, but as a gang is kind of a crew that you can kind of roll with right. that, that um, that's the third wall that, that, you know, has your back. So even if you say something dumb, they can either correct you, help you out, get you going in the right direction. Amen. And I, yeah. Oh, you said amen. Sorry. And then the last <laughs> one, yeah. the last one, he, he calls it kingdom. I would say mission is do you have a clearly defined mission in which you're engaging in that kind of keeps you going if, if a if a people do not have a mission they will just eventually just get lazy right and so if the mission it continues and advances then you you have something to work towards and so i think kind of building those four walls in your own world and i think that's something anybody can do everybody can say i'm, I'm going to care for my family i'm going to be part of a church i'm going to have a group of friends and you know and then i'm, I'm going to have a mission and, and building those four walls and establishing that in a way is, is a way that we step forward in confidence. And, 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 you know, if you don't have those in a place, you know, that's actually might be a good reason to move, <laughs> you know, or, or get out of that place. Right. You know? and, but if you have those, man, you can take a lot, you, you can take on an onslaught, you know, because you're, you're, you're fortified. Amen. And I, to, to, round out that imagery i think about those forward operating bases you know especially say in afghanistan or whatever like when that first started you had a group of guys that just got dropped in and they had to build something and they they literally were in enemy territory and had to you know spread out what was it uh documentary restrepo and they they literally in the middle of the mountains out by themselves had to build this little base and i think sometimes Christians are that, you yeah. know, if you're yep. in California, yep. 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 you're in, in Portland, that kind of thing. Like you may be that forward operating base that you really have start from scratch. So you've got to build family brotherhood. Yeah. You know, like 
you've got to have these elements and then you can start spreading outwards and taking more territory. Yeah. If, if I can add one, yeah. one quick thing on to, if you find yourself not in a place that's hyper progressive or something, you should listen to the people that are out there because it's not that far away. Right. It's Ooh. not like, like the, like the, the crazy story time hours they are doing in libraries that's happening in conservative communities all over the country too. Right. And so you can't just go, well, that's there and I'm here. You should be building those walls in your context now, because if you don't, um, you're, you're giving up ground. Come on. Right? You. you have to defend. Like if you look at, uh, like I said, we're going through the book of Judges right now. And you wonder when you get to Judges 4, where you have the story of Deborah and, and all this, it's like, how are the Canaanites? How, how do they have 900 chari chariots of iron when we already conquered the Canaanites? Well, we gave up the ground. Right. We, we did what was evil inside Ooh, of the Lord. So good. And, and so... Don't give up the ground that you've already taken, you know, like th that, that that's ignoring um, the the people, the, the labor that faithful Christians that have come before us have laid and made beautiful communities. And trust me, you you want a community that loves God because that's how human flourishing um, goes. Um, we're made in the image of God. Therefore, when he lays out his mandates of what dominion looks like in these things, if, if we give that up, if we just give that to a what they call themselves a secular society, even though they very much have a religion. Uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, that they're, they're, they're seeking to take ground as well. Right. hundred percent. And it, it's so crazy. You're saying that because I was just talking to my wife this morning. Uh, we were talking in the context of stuff to do things that, you know, like where I have to be out of the house and, and not with the family. And I told her one of the driving passions in me is if I don't stand now, and and fight this it'll be on our doorstep and what's going on in california and oregon and washington state all of that like a couple of years down the road hey, hey we're in a comfortable beautiful bastion here in florida for the most part but what happens when that government structure changes right, right, the, right. The, and my point to her was i have to fight it now so I don't have it on my doorstep in a couple of years. Right. And I, I think that's a motivating factor for the Christian, especially like you're saying in those areas of keep an eye out because what's going on over there could easily happen in your backyard. Yep. But, cool. I'm yeah. <laughs> it's, no, like I, else it, it's like, I think it's awesome. Dude, those four points. I'm just kind of beautiful. You know, it's funny. I've just been sitting here quiet. Cause I'm like, I'm thinking about those four points. I'm like, that was so easy. You know, just those right. four points. Like, I love simple things, you know, just because, I mean, you, you, just reading the founders is a lot of work, right? Just their works and writings and, like, their old preachers, you know, like the Knoxes and stuff. Like, you read their stuff, you're like, huh? But, like, it's when they simplify it, it's like for the average person today, they don't know. They just, mm -hmm. they don't know. And I love what you just said about not giving up ground. And I, I'm just encouraging. I, I'm, I'm encouraged by that alone like right. don't give up the ground it's easy to just say all right we'll pull back on this one we don't have enough to fight but it's like dude who's going to fight if you don't right right like if we don't teach our children to do it they're never gonna do it well they might by the providence of god right somebody taught us right we had to learn it our way like i'm sure matt you had to learn it the the, the hard way and i, I i'll i, I just want to say this quote charles spurgeon he said when darker times come the church has always remained. And if darker times shall still come and persist, the church will always be. I just love that. So no matter if it's dark, the church is supposed to be the church. And I just, I love that about you, bro. And I so appreciate you, man. Like 
just hearing about your story. I know my, Mike sets up all the interviews and stuff. And when he starts telling me like what we're doing, I'm like, I'm excited just to meet dudes who are just, I, I, I'm not saying you're like going out there, I'm bold, but I, I love when um, men of God are bold. Cause I just want to follow. Mm-hmm. I love, I love yes. to follow bold men. And, and dude, from us to you, you, whatever you need from us, we'll give it. You know what I mean? We, we love Absolutely. people like you. We love people like our pastor at our church and stuff. He's just an amazing dude. And, uh, bro, we're so behind you, and and we love you, man. We love you, and we don't even know your family yet, but we're going to go eat at your restaurant in Lakeland here soon, and we're going to take pictures, and we're going to post them. We're going to be like, we're eating at a misogynistic restaurant, <laughs> like a <laughs> Taliban restaurant right now, Yes, and because uh, they love the Taliban. And so, yeah, they're a Christian Taliban. <laughs> Yeah, my, my investor group will love that. <laughs> I yeah, just because I want to get you kicked out of your investor group too. Yeah. Like I just want you out. We're, we're here to ruin lives. Yeah, right. Right. So from a Mexican to a white boy dude, I'm kidding. I'm not I am playing yeah. politics like that. No, just I, <laughs> you're 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 amazing. And, and tell your other pastor as well, bro. Thank you uh for you guys standing. And and you may hear that from time to time, but dude, like I just honor you guys. Amen. I honor Absolutely. what you stand for. And, and I just love it. I love that you guys are out there. And, and again, whatever we can do to help, right. or if you need anything, let us know, you know, we're going to yep. be in the area, I think in October, November or something, we'll let you know, we'll give we'll, you a call. We'll I think I'm going to be speaking yeah. around there. So I'm not sure we're, we're going around Colorado Springs or something. Is that where I think, at? I think I'm, I don't know, but it's around that area. My wife will tell me. All right, Matt, thank you so much, man. Hey, thanks for having me. All right. You have a great day. All right. You too. All right. Thanks. Bye. All right, guys. Well, there you have it. I mean, what more needs to be said, honestly? Like, at that point, it's, take some encouragement and and move forward with it. You have every right to stand as a Christian, right? And if, if you're having trouble figuring out how to stand, support those who do, right? Because they need support. I, it gets lonely out front sometimes, and it's such a boost of encouragement Dude, just a simple like defense of you or a simple encouragement of like, Hey, I love that you're standing. Keep going. Yeah, you know? the, the church, go ahead and give them the, the church. So people can yeah. look it up and donate to them. The well church in Boulder, Colorado. Probably should have had him do that since he's the pastor there. Yeah. But <laughs> we're so good at this interview. We're, stuff. we're amazing. We're at terrible. This. <laughs> you're, Sorry, I, Matt. I forgot we're not the best at this, bud. <laughs> and you I know. I would. I just want to say, when you look through their their elders and everything, yeah. they all look like they're Colorado people. <laughs> like that's you just look ra- at them, that's, you're a like, little, that's a little prejudice. Definitely bro. from Colorado. It's not a shot. I mean, they're all good-looking, young-looking people. Probably. you know them. Iron you know them. You know them Boulder people in yeah. South Carolina with the pastors, boy. Them pastors, yeah. you know who they are. Four hundred plus pounds, boy, eating at them restaurants. Walk into the diner in in Georgia, South sure, Carolina, dog. in the South. The fattest <laughs> man in there is the local pastor. So only sermon they won't preach on is gluttony. <laughs> you know what I mean? They'll <laughs> preach on every sin, boy. Gluttony, nope. Not down there, boy. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, guys. Do not forget to go to the selfevidenttruth.com. Massey and I planned this. It was totally planned. I called him. I was like, hey, what shirt are you wearing? Can we can we match you? Oh, yeah. So yeah, get yourself some merch. It helps support us. The selfevidenttruth.com. Go become a torchbearer. We're gonna be in Texas this next week, too. Man. Yes, we We're are. Be there 10 days preaching. You are everywhere. I'll well, be there, there four, five, five, four or yep. five days. Yep. Uh, so we're going to be all over the place preaching and it's to the areas that most people don't want to do. I, and I love reaching kids. And so 
guys go on the site you guys can figure that out and what we're doing we're doing like seven or eight different sermons and you know all government or the bible it's just going to be awesome we're preaching sunday at church and just all these things guys get on the site um see the blogs mm -hmm. just they're, they're coming out with some awesome content i don't write <laughs> i just preach Anywho's, get on the site, <laughs> theselfevidenttruth.com, and uh, we love you. See you soon. All right. Love you guys. Have a great day.